Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Yo, happy Friday. Welcome to another episode. My name is Johnny, and this is the Johnny King Show. I'm your host with the most. I appreciate uh, many things in life, but I do appreciate relationships because something that my grandfather told me many years ago before he passed away was that, uh, you know, relationships is really where the juice is. You know, you could you could be successful, aka you could have, you know, a lot of uh, success in your business. You could make money. You could be healthy. But if you have no one to share it with you, if you're not in relationship to others, man, it's it's going to be a just a dark and lonely role uh, road, I should say. And so, again, a big part of relating with people is having empathy, understanding where they're coming from, learning to be uh, a team member, a team player, always looking to create win-wins. But there are really three keys to an ultimate relationship that I've learned, taking some notes on some, some relationship things over the years as I've gone to many a seminar. And so I was uh, spending a week in Maui mm, four, five years ago at a relationship seminar. And we were talking about the, the, you know, the three keys, which is ultimately like you, you first have to create the love. Okay, that's the foundation. But then you have to make sure you also protect it and you don't let it, uh, you know, dissolve. You don't let the, the four R's of... Uh, deteriorating relationship happen you know a little bit of maybe resistance or resentment and repression revenge there's a couple different variations of the four r's but you have to protect the love and then third is you have to make sure that it continues to deepen you can't just take it for granted and uh, you have to really unleash the passion because if you don't have the passion between two lovers then all you really have are, are roommates right so many people that I know, my age, younger, older, they got married because they were scared of the uncertainty. They were scared that no one would love them. And so they found someone who just kind of fit, you know, the the mold. And then after many years and a couple of kids, let's say, they're like, who the hell did I marry? <laughs> Why did I marry them? Why did I settle for this? Just because I was scared of of keeping high standards and so there's this thing called the dirty dozen and the dirty dozen is all about like what could screw up relationships and if you don't intentionally focus on talking about these things then they're gonna rear their ugly heads further down the line you know and and it's not like I've got this figured out. I mean, even in the relationship that I'm in right now, you know, she'll bring up money and I'm like, nah, come on. What, what, you know, you know, what's going on? I'll kind of push back on it. But the more we get into it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? 
she's got a good point. We need to talk about these things. So let me go through <laughs> some of these dirty dozens uh, because a big part of protecting the love that you're looking for and wanting to experience are the things that can can be monkey wrenches in the entire uh, you know flow of uh, a partnership of a team you know of a team. So if you conquer you know over the the dirty dozen you know then then life uh, and, and its fulfillment and enjoyment is ooh it's limitless right and don't we all i mean well i shouldn't speak for everyone but i would think you know the vast majority of us would love to have a relationship that is beyond our wildest dreams and yet most of the time we settle for the example that we saw that our parents had I'm like or we'll start to justify yeah you know what like this is just the way that it is and everything kind of fades over time and you know why is it like when it comes to let's say income or money like a lot of times our living our standards of living will improve let's say in your 30s and then 40s a little better than your 30s and then your 50s a little bit more than your 40s let's hope right and yet sometimes in relationships it's like oh we signed the we signed the the marriage license you know um, i'm good and then we let our health go and we get overweight right or we just stop caring because we feel like we can take our our partner for granted and i would recommend not doing that that's not the way that i approach uh my life or any of my relationships for that matter. So it's crazy because a lot of these dirty dozen, which I'll get to in a second, you are, it's, it's a lot of times the things that you've, you liked or were intrigued by your partner in the very beginning become the things that you absolutely despise and you hate. Okay. It's because you didn't actually recognize that these 12 little challenges, the dirty dozen, are actually places where if you're not in alignment with your partner, they are, they are signposts. They are challenges for you to grow and to become more whole, okay? And so ultimately, the, the key is just to make sure that you, you talk about these. So whether you are in a long-term relationship or you're still single and you're dating and you're somewhere in between, you know, it's never too early, never too soon to start talking about some of these things. Um, if, you know, regardless, again, of how long you've been together. So let's just go through them, shall we? Not surprisingly, number one is money. You got to talk about money. How you spend it, what's your idea about savings, you know, how much, you know, everyone has varying levels of you know, need for certainty and security. So money's money's, you know, as a lot of people know, statistically is one of the things that drives uh divorce the most <laughs> these days. Number two is kids or like your parenting style. Um I think that's that's huge as well. Uh number three, sex and attraction. You know, what's what's your idea of of uh you know pleasure and how often and you know are you more traditional are you a little crazy you know number four is time 
you know, how do you how do you manage your time? Um, and do you foresee it being something where one person is often working or or traveling a lot? Um, how do you how do you allocate time together, potentially with kids that you might have? Whatever the case might be. Number five is like your house responsibilities, your roles, uh, how you go about making decisions even in the household. Um, I think those are little things that if they're not discussed, they actually can turn over, over the years, turn into things that people have a lot of resentment uh, about and it can get pretty ugly. Number six, family, in-laws, you know, <laughs> although you are uh, not marrying your in-laws, they're in your sibling, you know, your in-law siblings, if there are any, they're, they're still obviously a huge part of your significant other's life. And so uh, that's, that can be a huge area of stress and anxiety. Um, number seven is just your friends. You know, do, do your friends, do you all get along? You don't have to get along with everyone. You don't have to get along with family, but everyone's family has their own level of dysfunction. Same with friendships, but it is certainly something you have to look at. And I know, I mean, a lot of dudes don't have a whole lot of friends. I know a lot of guys that they have their spouse, they have their kids, and they have their work. Maybe they, you know, fulfill their need for adventure through you know, gambling or sports or gaming or hunting, but they have no good guy friends. And it can be uh, a lot of burden put on the the shoulders of the other significant other, the other significant other, uh, the spouse, if they feel like they are their man's entire world. Okay. Number eight just your health and well-being. Um, you know, I've, I've certainly had relationships that have been primarily pretty good, and I've talked about them in, in the past on the podcast here. And, you know, I've ended up ending relationships because, you know, it just the, the way someone, the like the girlfriend, just, you know, our alignment of how we respect our bodies and, and the food we take in and how much or how little we drink becomes a deal breaker, you know, and I've had women who've broken up with me because I don't drink enough or, you know, I'm not, I'm not big into drugs. So, you know, again, teach their own, you know, if that's part of what they're looking for, then, then so be it and vice versa. Like we gotta, gotta be clear about those things. Um, you know, I do, I do also know other females that have married some guys and didn't realize how much of a pot smoker they were, you know, like, I just didn't know my, my husband was, would turn into such a pothead. <laughs> so health and well-being. Number nine is just safety. You know, how how safe do you feel in the relationship? And and does it create a soft place to land emotionally? Do you feel safe physically, right? Number 10 is just work, work ethic. Um, you know, you could have a lot of great work ethic, but hate your job. And so you come home and you, you know, hate life and you're a horrible human being to be around. <laughs> you could also be a starving artist where you're so passionate about your work, but you don't make any money. Um, so you're not much of a provider um, or a support to the relationship. So that's a big part of it. 
just your work and do you, does one person resent the other because they work really hard while the other one, you know, doesn't do much? Number 11, uh, communication and the meaning that you give things. Do you actually really connect or are you guys just on two completely different wavelengths? And sometimes between men and women at least, it can feel this way. I'm sure it can feel this way between men and men and women and women, let's be honest. But, you know, you ultimately want to be with someone that, that, you know, let's say at least 80% of the time you get each other. (laughs) There's going to, you know, at least between a masculine and a feminine wired individuals, if they're, if they're different, like they're just going to think differently. That's understandable. Right. But you want to be able to communicate that. I, that to me is one of the, you know, the most important for me personally, like how do you communicate? Um, which gets me to number 12, which is like you're arguing and fighting style, right? Like I'll get intense, but I very rarely play below the line in terms of blaming my significant, uh, like very rarely, I can't think of when I have last, but we're calling them names. That shit is just like, that's just high school behavior. It's very immature. So, but how do you go about communicating? Do you always get upset about the littlest things that, that really ultimately don't matter in a month from now, a year from now? Do you feel like, uh, you know, whenever you get into some type of confrontation, one or both individuals shut down and then you all just want to walk away. Like, how do you work through your confrontation, arguing, and how do you, quote, unquote, <laughs> fight? Uh, what's your style in that regard? And then number 13 of the dirty dozen is, like, what are your habits? And <laughs> how how mature is it, you know? Uh, do you keep things relatively orderly, organized? Yeah. Uh, is like is your house an absolute wreck do is, does your car look like someone who hoards lives in it are there like is it insect and rat infested <laughs> clean out your car but no i mean i think it uh it just goes to say that those are all very important topics but there are antidotes and uh, the antidotes to the Dirty Dozen, as I'm reading here, uh, number one is just making your relationship more important than the rules. We all have rules, you know, like things have to be clean. Someone has to do this. Someone has to do that. That's not how you fight. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. Like we all have rules. Just like I said, I have rules. Like I don't, if someone starts calling me, like actually using swear words and calling me an asshole or you're son of you you're such a bitch. I'm like, oh, come on. Like that's a rule where I'm like that's that's stupid. Let's let's not let's just communicate like mature adults, right? But then in the the few times that I've had those type of interactions with someone when I when I'm like, come on, that's stupid. All it did was piss them off even more. So that didn't help much. Um but again, number one, just make your relationship more important than your rules, aka choose to be happy than than being right, okay, Um, number two is like if you you just show up and, and did what you did in the beginning, there wouldn't be an end, and yet so many times because that like puppy dog love phase fades, those same type of patterns and behaviors fade away, why is that? You know, yes, uh, life begins to, like other stresses might 
distract us or we might start taking our partner for granted, but not necessarily. Not if you prioritize your partner and the relationship because you need to make them feel like their most important thing in your life because I, I, I really do believe that, uh, yes, if you have kids, there will be times when the kids' needs are the most important and urgent things in the moment, okay? Little Bobby fell down, broke his arm, got to take him to the ER. Like, I get that. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that if you want to create a an amazing, deep, and passionate relationship that, that thrives and continues over the ages, that your partner is your number one, even above the kids, because the kids will come and go. They are on lease from the creator above, the universe, whatever you want to call it. But the kids will come and go. The After the kids are gone, though, you're still back to being with your partner. They are for life, right? At least traditionally. That's the way that I think about it. That's just my opinion. But my needs are, I should say, my partner's needs are my needs. And if my needs are my partner's needs, and we're really looking to, to being of service to each other, then you've got a relationship that really is looking for just having that symbiotic win-win relationship. But if you if you got to the point where you're, you know, in fights, you're really looking to win and, and making sure that they lose, anything less than a win-win, you're effed, really, truly. So you've got to come into the the understanding that a relationship requires balance, okay? That's number three, the antidote to the dirty dozen. You have to understand that the relationship requires balance and it's two worlds meet like merging right not like one person taking over or two halves equaling a whole it's not codependency you know and i think that's easier the older you get at least i've noticed it's easy when you're young to (laughs) just you know take your parents and take your parents out of the position and then just kind of insert a spouse, right? Not healthy, codependency. Uh, and I would highly recommend reading Codependency No More. That's another podcast episode. But number four is all about the attraction. Uh, when you are attracted, nothing else matters, right? Like there is a vibrancy to the relationship. There is a heartbeat. And so it, it goes on to say that presence is the ultimate solution to penetrate a woman. Whereas radiance and admiration is what will pierce a man. And when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, I kind of, like, if she's radiant, and you might be thinking if you're a woman and listening, like, well, what what exactly does that mean? Like, if you're in your feminine and you're just loving life and you're happy and you are just oozing love, like, I can just see it in a woman's eyes. I'm like, damn. Right. And then if she also admires me in return, like there's, she's got no other eyes for someone else, for anyone else. She, she just admires who I am and what I stand for. I'm like, ah, you just feel seen. Right. And so it's probably the same thing that when, when a man is truly present 
with a woman that that too is is just uh yeah penetrating so number five is acceptance if you're constantly trying to change your partner then what resists persists and i made that i think mistake in the past where like man if you're if you're getting into a relationship um kind of falling in love with who you think they could become (laughs) you're screwed because I can guarantee you right now they're not going to become who you think they're going to become. They're going to become who they want to become. So you've got to be in love with who they are today and who they desire to be. Fall in love with their vision of who they want to become. And uh, I think that's that's a, a big part of it. Um, because if if you really are intent on fixing someone, and maybe you did get into a relationship or a marriage where you're like, Damn it. If she would just change, if he would just change. The problem is that is that a part of them will always fight against it. Okay, there's like our inner teenager. Even even if they know that you might be right or even if they want to please you, <laughs> there's going to be a part of them that resists. And that is a recipe for disaster. And number 6, one that I'm finally tuned in is being playful and teasing (laughs) i tease like a motherfucker oh man in a good way i mean like sometimes my teasing goes over the line and i'm like she'll be like and now you're being an asshole and i'm like yeah you're right you know what i'm sorry i'm hangry or i'm tired or i'm just bored or it's like it goes from like lover and then i turn into you know little brother or big brother depending on where you uh, end up in my family. But yeah, I think that's a big part of it. You've got to be playful and teasing. That's why I just love to be teased, uh, like like why I like to tease, because it's kind of like a spice. If you overuse it, you could ruin the entire recipe, all the other ingredients. So, however, if you, because uh, again, I kind of feel like if you can't laugh about, you know, about yourself or laugh at yourself or about things in life, then you're taking things way too seriously. So the a relationship should be a place, a soft place to land, a place where you can be fully yourself, a place that you can laugh about things. Because I know in my family, in my like my siblings and all stuff, like even having lost my mom and my divorce and various other things that are heavy topics, over the years, they become things that are not laughable because they aren't, you know, it's not like, oh, mom, mom passed away, ha, ha, ha. But we can make, you know, like, I don't know, uh, tastefully tastefully done jokes, teasing, right? <laughs> that uh, that allows us all to kind of, you know, move on and have some sense of like, okay, you know what? Over time, there is some sense of, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. The glass is half full. Like if, if you, again fall into the the victim perspective of life and you take things way too seriously and you're still angry about things that were years ago or decades ago, then that's, again, the signpost that you got some work to do, right? It doesn't mean you have to laugh about horrible tragedies, right? I'm not saying that. But just being able to be playful and teasing, I think, is important. Um, No matter the, the severity 
of of life there's always the you know timing is a big part of it right <laughs> so if you're teasing about something that has freshly happened uh, you're probably gonna be like ah you're gonna hear crickets and you're like too soon yes way too soon again i'll save that for another podcast episode when we're talking about uh <laughs> teasing and humor in relationships but there you have it that's the dirty dozen the the top 13 things that can screw up your relationship we talked about the three keys to an ultimate relationship, which is to create the love, to protect the love, and then to deepen and unleash the passion. The 30 dozen, I'll go back to them again, is number one is money. Number two is kids and parenting. Number three is sex slash attraction. Number four is time. Number five is house responsibilities, like your roles and the decision-making. Number six is family, which also includes your in-laws. Uh, do you want kids? Do you not want kids? Right. Number seven is friends. Do you have any? If you do, are they important? <laughs> number eight is health and well-being. Number nine is safety. Number 10 is work. Like what do you do for a living and how's your work ethic? Uh, do they align with each other? 11, communication, meaning. Number 12, your arguing or fighting style. And number 13 is your habits and how mature are you? <laughs> So I hope you enjoyed. I always appreciate spending some time with you. Would love to hear any feedback as always. Until we meet again, have an amazing day. Take care. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.